we'll start off by letting people know that this is the Genwell Project, the human connection movement who's been around since 2016. And our mission was always to remind people about the importance of face-to-face -face human interactions in their life, but more importantly, about getting them to take action. And originally, our, our aspiration was always to get people to build those healthy connection habits and, and networks that will support them through the challenges that we'll face in our lives. Things like a pandemic, funny enough. Yeah. Um, we, never, we never knew that the pandemic was coming, but we knew that whether it was as an individual or as, it, as a society or a community, that we all go through those ups and downs and we wanted to help people uh, be prepared for that. Connected Conversations is a series of conversations that we launched about three weeks ago. And our whole purpose with this is to connect people with the conversations, the people and the ideas that will help them cope through the challenges that we're all going through right now. And whether that's having a psychologist talk about it, whether that's having somebody talk about the importance of creativity, physical health. Yesterday, we had Ryan Doyle, who's uh, on News Talk 1010 here in Toronto, talk show host, talking about you know the opportunity and the role they play in, in helping people stay connected to the issues of the day. And we're trying to give all those perspectives. And I think today is a unique one because I think it's a culmination of all those things because I think the work that uh, Next Wave does and IMI um, is really about helping people understand what, what the general population is thinking, uh, not only about uh, COVID, but just life in general is what you do on a regular basis and understanding how people think out there. So, but today we're, we're, we're very fortunate to have uh, Sarah Stovold, who's the managing director of IMI Next Wave. Uh, in 2013, uh, after nearly a decade on agency side, which I didn't know you spent a, a decade in agency side, so that's another conversation. Sarah joined uh, marketing and consultancy IMI International to try and figure out the world of digital, social, mobile, and everything shiny and new. More than six years later, that small division has evolved into a company-wide thought leadership uh, platform known as Next Wave. With a relentless curiosity, and a laser focus on answering what's now, she's committed to understanding the next generations, contextualizing the latest trends and putting brands, big and small, under the microscope to undiscover what really works. With your success at the core, she provides strategic fact-based counsel to set the stage for today and maximizing potential for tomorrow. Outside of IMI, Sarah proudly holds the chair of digital and technology as the founding board member of Wise Toronto, a not-for-profit focused on connecting and empowering women in the business of sports, events, and entertainment. And there probably isn't a better organization for you to be leading. So I think that's amazing. <laughs> a part uh, of, a part Sarah of, definitely Stobel. not leading. <laughs> yeah, chairing, uh, beautiful. Um, great to have you here. And, I'm, and as I say, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I've had the opportunity to look at some of that research and certainly uh, excited to explore what's in there. Awesome. Yeah, no, we've been uh, we've been invested in it for a while. So I'll uh, I'll throw it back to you to officially dive in. It's very bizarre to <laughs> to sit here during a bio like that. Hopefully, it wasn't too painful for anybody. But yeah, yeah, you know, I, I those those bios that we write that uh, try to give an overview and a perspective of who we are sometimes, uh, you know, can be. Uh, I thought that was beautiful, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think uh, I think it was all fine. Um, so here's where we always like to start on our conversation, Sarah, is we really want to dive into the people that we're talking to. And I think in your case, I just want to know, I know that uh, 
you are an expecting mother and I want to see how you're doing. How are you feeling? How are you coping with COVID-19 and the implications of what it's had on all of our lives? Yeah, yeah. So I am I am nine months uh, with with a four year old at home. So uh, definitely has been a shift for sure. I think that to be really honest with you, the more that I reflect on this, if if you had told me, if you had given me a heads up that this was all coming, I think I would have stressed out a lot more and been really, <laughs> really pessimistic about how we might have coped. So I've been uh, really amazed actually at how well we've done and adapted. I mean, having, having our son at home has meant uh, a different type of collaboration and partnership between my husband and I and has really forced us to try and balance each other out and to be very conscious about what we each need in that moment because we are both working full time and parenting full time and trying to be humans full time and growing a baby on the side. So it's been, it's been busy and it's been a challenge, but I think that we're all gonna come out the other side with new appreciations and new understandings of what's possible and, and hopefully all a little bit better off all things considered. And I'll caveat that everyone in my world is safe and healthy and happy. And so it gives me a very different perspective. I, my heart goes out to everyone who's have, had to deal with this in a very personal way with family members and loved ones getting sick. And so I, I am in a truly grateful place at this moment in time. Do you know, uh, I don't know what it is about the guests that we bring on this show, but um, your answer uh, falls in line with all of the people that have been on here. When we ask how they're doing, I'm floored by the people who respond, uh, you know, certainly give us a top line about how they're doing. And certainly you have a, a special situation. Uh, but what I love is actually the recognition that many people are, are, are having through these challenging times uh, about the fact that there are people less fortunate out there who don't have shelter, who don't have food. We can see the lineups. We can see the unemployment uh, numbers. It's a challenging time for a lot of people well beyond the health implications. And I think if we have shelter and food, safety and security, back to Maslow's hierarchy, then we're, we're, we're fortunate in, in where we are. A hundred percent. Yeah, I really couldn't agree more. I think just even having having a profession that I can continue to do from home is a blessing that I yeah. had never known to appreciate so much until this time. So I think that focusing on all of those positive elements and, and really trying to hone in on the things that I can control and let go of everything that I can't is, you know, easy to say, but hard to do as that is. It's a focus for sure. And I think it makes every day a little bit better. I think it's beautiful that you're pointing out, you know, hey, the challenges of being uh, a working at work at home mom uh, and, you know, obviously homeschooling, which most people don't have to do, but also seeing the positives, spending more time working as a team with your husband. Like it's, you know, there are a lot of people who will suffer through this challenging time. But if we can focus on the silver linings, the time that we've all wanted that we're now being given, the time with family the time to connect with loved ones virtually. Yeah. It's, uh, there's some really powerful stuff coming out of it. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's dig into what you do and, uh, and truly, I think, powerful information that people will benefit from hearing right now. So uh, IMI, tell us who Next Wave and IMI is, and then we'll get into what you've been doing since COVID kind of came to light for us all. So IMI is a global marketing consultancy. 
as you as you highlighted in my bio and uh, we focus and our in, our entire purpose is insight driving profit so we leverage research to try and answer questions that are going to help people make better business decisions ultimately and within the realm of marketing um, next wave plays a pretty distinct role within the team and and i used to joke about how my my job was to spend our company money to figure out what's going on um, but ultimately, it's about investing on a regular basis to get a lens into what is now and what's next. And so everything that we've been doing around COVID has been to try and paint that picture and to bring some clarity using fact, talking to real people around the globe to understand how they're feeling and how, they're, how everything in, that's happening in this moment is affecting the way that they're existing in the world, and then be able to take that information and inform so that marketers globally can make better decisions and react to the moment in time with the best possible step forward. And you know what, I'm going to throw a plug in here for you guys. Um, a, first and foremost, you're an in-kind partner to the Genwell project and we can't thank you enough for that. But what I've always been inspired by you and by Don, uh, Don Mayo, who's uh, one of the, the co-founders of IMI, is that you're putting all this information out for anybody to make use of because you know you believe in actually sharing this information and whatever comes of it comes of it from your business perspective but the key is that you share this openly and help people make better business decisions whether you're a small business person or somebody in a large organization maybe you can talk to me about why you guys make that decision at the end of the day this is about helping everyone to come out the other side a little bit better off and we are invested to help educate and avoid any paralysis that might come. In the 2008 recession, we saw brands taking a step back and not knowing how to step forward and so doing nothing. And so we really felt like this wasn't an optional thing for us. We really have the obligation to the community and to the industry at large to be able to provide this information and so we're doing so. And making it free was never a question. It is how can we get this in front of as many people as possible and allow everyone to be making more thoughtful and informed decisions right now when there's just so much uncertainty and to to exactly what you said everything that i'm going to reference today is available on our website uh, we have a content portal that we've created exactly for this to be able to house all of these documents and so um encourage everybody to go check that out and be able to download everything for free you literally don't even have to give an email. It's there if you want it. Uh, I encourage anyone that can benefit from that information. We've been in field since February and uh, are constantly updating that information. So it's there and it's accessible. And uh, if you want to sign up to get notifications about new waves, it's there too. But there's no, there's no expectation. And ultimately, we really do want to be giving out as much quality information as we can so that people can just make make better decisions going forward. That's awesome. I think, you know, I sit on a, uh, I sit on a, in a group of McKay CEO forums, uh, an executive group. And what I've seen in everybody right now is, you know, businesses is, is a struggle. This is having an impact on a lot of businesses. And one of the greatest things I think we can all do is come together, share information, share insights, share, you know, build bridges, don't build walls and, and help each other. And I think, all the work that you guys are doing here with IMI and Next Wave is is truly valuable and lots of people will benefit it. So hopefully, whether it's people watching live now or in the share that we do afterwards, we can we can help some businesses because it isn't an easy time right now. For sure.
So Sarah, tell us what exactly, you say you've been in market since February. What are you doing in market? Help us understand. <laughs> we are talking to everyday people. So we've, in the last eight weeks, astonishingly, we have talked to over 200,000 people around the globe. So oh. we've looked into obviously North American markets. We have offices in six different countries. So um, for us, a global perspective is essential, but we've been looking at 31 different countries around the world, talking to people 13 plus. So really trying to build a lens and to your comment right off the top, we all have individual perspectives and we all have individual worlds that we live in, but this is about painting a broader picture and about understanding a much bigger perspective than just the ones that we carry around with us. And so trying to bring that truly relevant sample and, and to put something in front of people that is statistically relevant and can be informing those decisions, as I've said a couple of times, that's the goal. So we're updating every couple of weeks um, and not every wave is exactly the same. We're shifting as the world is changing and evolving and trying to provide perspective on a, a multitude of different ways that people are feeling and how everything that's happening right now is affecting their attitude and behavior. So I think what I'd love to do is let's go through some of the, the insights you're getting. And then when we get through a couple of them, because I think there's two sides, I think the average person, myself, I'm interested in the insights that you're gleaning, even as a human being. And then I think there's the opportunity to have a conversation and say, so what are businesses that you're working with, having conversations with? What are they doing with this information? How is it guiding them? Because, you know, there's so much unknown out there right now that I'm not even sure. And, and you know, without going into specifics, because I'm sure it's all confidential, I'd love to hear how people are chewing on the information and figuring out what that means for their business. So, so maybe we'll start off because I know timeline, when I was looking through there, there was a timeline aspect of what's the consumer seeing as the timeline for, and I don't even know what the end of COVID means. What does the, what, what are they saying from a timeline and what does the end of COVID or the next phase of COVID mean in, in your research? So when we, when we put the question in front of people, we're, we're asking them to estimate when they think COVID will be over. And so that's really sort of the, the basis of, of one of the most simple questions we ask, but obviously the most important too, in terms of trying to map out the next few months and what that might look like. So when we talk to Canadians today, they're estimating end of October, every single wave, when we go back into field to talk to people that that date changes. And so October is later than the previous wave had suggested it might be. And I won't be surprised if our next wave is even pushed back uh, further than that. And it all comes back to, you know, everyone at this point in time, whether they want to admit it or not, is guessing about when this might be over. No one knows. No one has a crystal ball. And so we're all basing it on the information that we have at our fingertips today. And what we're figuring out is that obviously with each time that we talk to people, more information exists that essentially we're, we're seeing gives people the sense that this might go on for longer than we originally thought. And so, although we'll come back to the bigger discussion about business, you know, that timeline for businesses, are, are businesses trying to, I, I guess, are businesses trying to predict the end of this or are they still kind of in flux as to what to do next from a business standpoint? I think it depends on who you talk to, to be honest with you. I mean, everyone across different industries is going to have a different perspective because they've got different challenges and different opportunities. Yeah. So if you look at someone in the restaurant space, 
obviously trying to figure out how to survive to the moment when things get back to whatever our new normal looks like. That's a part of the current equation, but then it's also, what do I say? Where do I say it? When do I say it and how? And so there's a lot of um, testing that can be done at this moment to try and answer those questions from an appetite perspective anyways, but keeping in mind that it's still based on how people are feeling today in the current climate. So it's a combination of, you know, looking ahead, trying to understand how people are feeling to look at how, how they're, what they're satiating for, what they're missing. And so that's sort of what's guiding some of the research that we're doing is to try to paint that picture and understand where people's minds are at so that we can help identify what might be opportunities for tomorrow. When that might happen is going to be anybody's best guess. I mean, if someone comes out with a vaccine tomorrow, which I doubt will happen, but pray does, uh, then it'll be a very different discussion than if it takes another six months or eight months or 10 months or a year and a half for that to come out. And so there's going to be a, a bunch of different signals. Um, when we talk to Canadians, the things that they're looking out for is obviously an end of the social distancing and a return to business, of course, but most officially messages from the World Health Organization and from the CDC will sort of give them that peace of mind that whatever our new normal is ready to begin, that that's the signal that they need to, to kind of transition into that next phase. Wow, it's, uh, it's so... It's so uh, interesting to be in a situation that I don't think any of us could have, maybe there's been a movie or two written about it, uh, but to actually not know when the end is coming as far as this being over, it's, uh, you know, and we've talked to a lot of psychologists over the last few weeks as part of our uh, connected conversations who tell, you know, tell us all that we should focus on what we can control because if you focus on the unknown, it can be a little bit debilitating for people. So uh, yeah, I'm sure it's no different for business, frankly. It's a exactly. challenging time. So yeah. I, I noticed also in the research that there was a lot of focus on what people are worried about most, what's stressing them out. So maybe you can give us a sense of what, what are people saying that's, that's really, that they're struggling with uh, during COVID-19. I mean, it's not going to be too surprising, but it's it's the combination of health and financial concern. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at this moment in time, we've got over 80% of Canadians concerned about their health. 46% are severely, extremely the most I've ever been concerned. Wow. So that is a real yeah. indicator in terms of how people are feeling and how comfortable they are existing in the world today. Obviously, health is, is a foundation to how we... Uh, operate and how we tackle anything else. Without health, you really can't do much, much else. Um, and then the, the combination of that with financial. I mean, this is the first time I think in history where we've been sort of beaten with both. We've, we've dealt with health scares in the past, but we didn't have the financial uh, impact at the exact same time. And so to be living through that, every single person that you talk to is affected in some way or another. If they are healthy, they're still being impacted financially. The fact that the whole world has sort of shut down around us has made many people's livelihoods just not possible. It's made people unable to go to work. It's meant that business as usual has ceased to exist. There's sports leagues around the world that have just pushed pause. And so there's, there's just a reality that every single person is affected. So Obviously, there's the broader, you know, I wish I could go and do what I want in this moment, and I wish I had that freedom back. But at the same time, we're all we're all pretty focused on more severe concerns around health and finance. 
I think it's such a such a challenging time and such a wake up call for all of us. As you say, you know, the fact that we're all going through the exact same thing at the very same time, you know, from an individual, we know that 28% of Canadians now live alone. So that's a that's an interesting challenge. We got families who are trying to struggle with uh, homeschooling at the same time as, as you and I are both in the same situation where we got two working parents. You know, we've got uh, the challenges of being more isolated and lonely, as well as the challenge of cabin fever where we're all, all locked up in the same household. We are all going through it together and similar to the original inspiration of the blackout. Uh, when we all go through something together, certainly it's creating challenges, but I also think it's really demonstrating an empathy and a compassion for one another. You know, as we talked about right off the top, about recognizing the people who aren't as fortunate as we are. Because, you know, if it's just a financial thing, certain groups aren't affected. If it's just a health issue, if this was just affecting seniors and didn't have a financial and other impact, then we could point to that. But I think there's something really powerful and, and is going to be a game changer, I think, as we move forward because we are all going through it together. Definitely. Um, uh, you got the, the numbers. We did the, the health. Um, okay, so let's say we got the timeline. We've got the health issues that people are looking at. Um, how, how would a business take the information that's Actually, let's go to the other part first. So there's another part that, of what people are missing. And, you know, I certainly pulled it out of the first time, the first wave of information you sent out. But I, I, I think from a general perspective, you know, the message we've had for four years now has been about, you know, uh, really appreciating the value of human interaction in our lives and recognizing how impactful it is to our health and to our happiness. So. Tell us what you're finding that people are missing most and what they look forward to getting back to do when COVID-19 is over. Yeah, so we, um, uh -oh, we started we this with some broader, broader discovery. Hopefully you um, come back soon, Sarah. Hi, Linda McCarty. Good to have you. Uh, we'll wait here for Sarah. Sarah am, I may, not, uh, am I not still here? Log out, come back in. Who knows? I can always... Uh, make it up oh i think i hear her i didn't know i left <laughs> there you're back now okay i didn't even know i left <laughs> isn't that amazing modern technology <laughs> um so i don't know if you got the whole question sarah but just really what are people missing and what are they saying they can't wait to get back to when this is all done so we we started by putting it out there to four different countries to a thousand people in each one to say tell us in your own words what you're missing what are you longing for and ultimately what we found was a list of 115 different things different activities that people were missing and so we took that list of 115 different things and we put it in front of 15,000 people to rank those and to have a better understanding so that we could kind of get a picture of how things re related to each other, how they link to each other. And ultimately, I'm going to be glancing over here because I've got a slide. I want to make sure that I reference it properly. But we've got nine different sort of overarching themes. And there's no denying that the socialization and the face-to-face -face connection, that thread, is something that we see coming through in every single aspect and every single group. So there's there's absolutely an undeniable reality that, that people are recognizing and acknowledging that that face-to-face that -face connection is something that they're missing. Um, the number one thing that we saw 
in terms of wanting to do, part of it is freedom. So for Canadians, it's having the ability to do what they want, when they want, when they, how they want to do it. Part of it is going to restaurants, getting back out to eat, being able to hug people. There's obviously a well-being, and, and I'm not surprised that you've had psychologists on because there's obviously the, the mental health aspect of everything that we're dealing with. Um, and I think that single people are probably in a very unique uh, situation. I mean, I as much as having a four-year-old is a distinct challenge, at the same time, he's something to focus on every day and to give us a purpose and and a fulfillment of having accomplished, you know, keeping <laughs> keeping someone happy and, and engaged and excited and fed every day. So um, for a lot of people, that's that's really hard. So obviously hosting family and friends is something that we're missing, live sports, not just consuming, but being able to go to bars and having that camaraderie and that community. Um, some general activities around just going to the movies or um, being able to travel for pleasure. Uh, at this point, you know, on average, globally, 43% of people are missing traveling for, for pleasure. And so that's also a part of the timeline when we look at and when we put different questions in front of people, we say, you know, when do you think travel will come back? When do you think it will be possible to go on vacation? Where, where do you think you might want to go? And so we're doing lots and lots of different learning. And so again, everything we're talking about today is is scratching the surface of the research and I, I really want everybody that is interested to go and grab it because it's there um but ultimately we're missing a lot of different things um but i think to come back to genwell it is really about that face-to-face -face connection yeah i think uh when i looked at the i think in two weeks ago when i looked at the last report there was 17 areas that you had highlighted as the top 17 groups from the qualitative feedback and 16 of them were, in my opinion, directly linked to human interaction. And I, I put freedom, I didn't put freedom into human interaction. Um, but, you know, certainly the research is very clear. The human touch adds value, reduces stress and anxiety, keeps it, makes us happier, makes us human. And Maslow told us all of this stuff, you know, long ago. And from our tribal roots, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, we need each other. And as a good friend of mine, Carrie Goulet, said recently, uh, the best medicine for people is people. And, uh, you know, we're all trying to figure out ways to cope right now. So we've now got what people are missing, what they love to do, what they're fearing. You know, we've got a timeline on this. Now let's talk a little bit about business. And I see a guy, Philip Conleaf, who just joined, who I love. A lovely you. man. Yes. Yeah, don't we all love Philip? Let's make it the Philip Conleaf hour. Why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, great to have you, Philip. Now, Philip's a guy who's an insights guy who is always bringing, you know, what do we do next? So my question, let's flip from, hey, here are the insights of people. Here's what people are thinking, which I think is, and I encourage people even out of your own curiosity to go read the reports because I think it's really interesting to see what people are thinking. But what does a business do with all this information now, Sarah? When do they do it? How do they do it? What, what would you be saying to somebody right now who's looking at that, uh, that information? Of course, different segments, different categories, different products, make it a little different, but maybe you can give us some general thoughts and comments on that. Yeah, so I think, I think first and foremost, it is looking at the people you're trying to connect with, understanding how they're feeling and what they're dealing with, and then factoring that into every move that you make. So it has to be a valuable proposition. You've got to think about what's in it for them. It can't be all about what's in it for you at this moment. As, as much as everyone's struggling in business right now and wanting to go back to you know, shopping and purchasing and 
driving those sales at the same time there's going to have to be a transition and an acknowledgement that the world is just a little bit different now than it used to be so i mean it's a tricky answer to provide because obviously the way that you come at it is going to be so different depending on who you cater to and what you sell and what what products you offer and what services you provide and so overarching i would say things like understanding people's appetite for certain information so we asked last week um, are you tired of COVID information or do you want more? And globally, 66% of people are tired of it. In Portugal, yeah. it's over 90%. So understanding that people are going to the CDC and to the World Health Organization for COVID information, they're not coming to brands, can guide messaging. So thinking about what brands are saying and how they're saying it and why. Um, thinking about the way forward, trying to collaborate with different partners in this space to provide solutions. That's going to be super important. Uh, customers are going to need to be enticed and be lured back. And that's going to be a value proposition and an experience that they want to have. Um, so overall, brands are just going to have to adapt to a really value proposition and collaborate in a way that maybe they haven't before. So leadership should be connecting with leadership across different organizations that they might historically have seen as competition. Coke and Pepsi should be coming together to figure out how they can collaborate to make everyone want pop again. You know what I mean? Um, so coming, coming together and thinking about what the best, best proposition for everyone might be, and then using the resources that we have collectively to make that possible is I think ultimately what the, the biggest counsel that we could provide in this moment without being really thoughtful about a specific scenario. Sarah, I, when I talked about a game changer in you know health and how we think as human beings, when you talk about the big players coming together to stoke the fires for a category, that is, that is truly from a business standpoint, this thing is, this is shaking the ground for everybody through this experience. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, if you imagine, you know, maybe, Maybe Hyatt and Marriott need to come together to think about how people are going to get back into hotels because everyone in the travel industry needs people to come back to travel, period. Yeah. And then the branding aspect will be secondary, but proving that you can add some value and proving that you're committed to helping inform and be a part of whatever the new normal looks like in a thoughtful and very conscientious way, I think is going to be a really big opportunity. It's funny, it makes me think back to uh, SARS. And at that time I was working at Molson Coors and uh, I still remember what we did at the end of SARS was we put every employee in the company onto buses across the country. We gave everybody money. We, we took them out into bars and restaurants across the country. And our whole purpose as an employee of Molson Coors was to buy beer for people and bring your friends and tell people to meet you at the bar in order to get people past the barrier of recognizing it was okay to go back out again. And I think whether it's beverage alcohol, whether it's pop, whether it's snacks, whether it's, you know, fast food, um, grocery, we're all going to need the reminder and, and the, the, the check mark that it's okay to go back out and do whatever that category is looking to get us to do. For sure. And I mean, the reality of whether or not a vaccine exists in that moment, I think will inform a lot of it. Yeah. overarching. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised and I, I expect to see more sanitization stations and I expect to see more optical communication of, of health safety. 
in, in the future regardless. I think in the same way that 9-11 changed how we travel from a, a security perspective and how it became an expectation and a, a mental check-in that that security provided safety, I think to the same degree we'll have an expectation of brands to be providing safer shopping environments, even if it's purely from a, a mental health perspective and it's not even necessarily making a gigantic difference. But having the, the sanitization stations, having them frequently, having people in masks, things like that to communicate that there is an, an underlying safety will help in that transition as well. And hopefully when we get back to that point that uh, you know we're all coming back out, that we cut each other some slack, that you know a business isn't doing it right, they're trying to get things up and running, everybody's gonna to think about how we can be a little more uh, understanding of the challenges for a small business, for a restaurant, for a bar, for all the different businesses that are trying to make their way through right now. A little bit of empathy and compassion would be a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think in life, that's probably just a good imagine. <laughs> because whether you're in business or you're just struggling to make it through the day, I think all of us just being a little bit more understanding and, and making fewer assumptions about what someone may or may not be dealing with is probably a good idea. Well said, my friend. So um, you just made me think of something as I'm listening to you. So as you know, the business model behind the Genwell project is about finding corporate partners who see the opportunity of connecting with a brand, a, a, a not-for-profit, that's all about getting people connected face-to-face. You've just identified that the, the biggest need that consumers will have on the other side of COVID-19 is uh, the desire to get connected with other people. So let me just throw this question out at you and say, do you think it might make sense for some corporate partners to look at Genwell as a potential partner to help facilitate more human connection within the office? within their existing communities and even beyond that as a, at a national level to say, hey, we wanna be part of helping get Canadians connected from coast to coast to help make them happier and healthier and, and facilitate some of that human interaction that we also desperately want back now that we've experienced what life without it is all about. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that you couldn't have had a better Petri dish to convince absolutely everyone in the world how important face-to-face -face connection is. I, you, no one's gonna deny that it matters. I think how it comes to life is super important, obviously. I think that showcasing where technology can actually facilitate the connection as opposed to hinder it, where in the past, we always had looked at our phones as something that was taking away from the moment that we were in. Acknowledging that now Zoom is bringing people together, I think it's actually an interesting um, opportunity and a time for the general project too, to think about how bringing people together might not mean physically together and how you survive and encourage that amidst everything going on right now. I think regardless, there's no question face-to-face -face will matter. Thinking about the right time, place, and way that that comes to life is something that we're obviously, as partners of the General Project, committed to helping to uncover and to understand so that we can guide that and be a voice of, of reason as we, as we bring this to life going forward in our new normal. But yeah, I mean, of course, there, there has to be an acknowledgement that in this moment, face-to-face -face is an undeniable human point of connection that we all crave and want and, and are now more aware of than ever before.
Yeah, I think, and I'm not sure how closely you've been following, although you're, you're one of our active followers on the Genwell project, but, and I, I don't even want to use the word pivot, but we've adjusted our focus. Uh, we've never been anti-technology. We've always believed that uh, technology is a great way to supplement human interaction. And I think no time than ever before to recognize right now, we don't have the option. And in actual fact, what the pandemic has done is given us all approval to reach out to people that we may not have considered reaching out to digitally before. I, I was playing Euchre Tuesday night with a buddy in Chile a buddy in Algonquin Park, downtown Toronto, and me, uptown Toronto. And the yeah. reality is we are creating connections that we may never have thought of before. And what we need to help people do is say, hey, these connections are just as good to supplement those relationships that keep you happy and healthy. And Absolutely. We, and there was a great piece of research, and um, uh, the former Surgeon General of the U.S., Vivek Murphy, just, Murphy just came out with a new book called Together. And in it, he talks about the fact that long-lost relationships, people that you used to have close relationships for, the research shows when you reach back out to them, 90% of the time, the experience is a positive one that makes you happy and you're thankful that you did. And so I think the message to everybody in the course of COVID right now is use digital technology, use the excuse of COVID to reach out to those old friends you haven't spoken to and just check in and say, hey, Sarah Stovold, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Let's get reconnected and, and check in on one another. And yeah. finally, and I, wrote, I wrote a post about this a couple of weeks ago. The final piece is understanding for all of us right now is the opportunity we have to make a difference in somebody else's life just through a conversation. Because as we've pointed out endlessly in this conversation, people are struggling with lots of different things. And one of the greatest things, and every one of the psychologists on our show in the last weeks have said, the great, one of the greatest things you can do is just have a conversation with somebody. Because you know when we, when we put ourselves in our own mind, it's usually not us telling us the good things it's probably telling us the more challenging things that we face. For sure. So here we are, we're at the, uh, the end of, uh, of our time, Sarah. So I have uh, two questions. Um, after I first off say thanks, I've loved this conversation. I feel like we could go on for an hour or two and I'd like to even have a follow-up call with you and uh, Don to see what we, what we do with this information now as part of the GenWell project. But where, so you went through the portal. Do you want to just tell us again where people can get a hold of you and get a hold of the information that we're talking about? Yeah, so my, my handle is just my name, pretty straightforward. Um, the, all of the reports that we've done so far, the, the regional reports, the special reports, the full waves are accessible on content.consultimi.com. And as I said, they're available for free. There's absolutely no obligation of sharing anything, even your email. Um, but if when you're there, if you find value in the reports and you want to be the first to know about the newest wave, there is an opportunity to sign up um, and to be on the list. If you are so interested, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course, and uh, and here. So That's awesome. Thank you. And I encourage everybody to go and find out more of this information because I think it actually helps us understand that we're not alone and we're not the only ones thinking the way we might be thinking or stressing about certain things in our lives. So I think it's actually quite helpful on an individual level as well as a business level. So the last question we love to ask all of our guests, Sarah, is so when this is all over, when we get to the other side of COVID-19, what's the thing you want to do first? 
uh, take my hopeful newborn to see family. <laughs> oh, I think we, we, we froze on you again, just at the crescendo, Sarah. Oh my goodness. Hold on, I, I'm sure you're coming back again. I think you're back. I, I, again, I didn't even know I left. This is magic. It's magic. Um, so my, what do you want to do when this is all over? My response is super uh, personal, but take my newborn to meet their family would be lovely. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think everybody, it's the simple things in life that we're all going to appreciate much 100%. more than we've Absolutely. ever appreciated before. Uh, Sarah, thank you for your time today. I don't know if you know, but this weekend is uh, Genwell weekend, and we're encouraging people to head over to genwellproject.org. And let us know the one person that you're going to reach out to this weekend, in addition to the people you normally reach out to, because our theme, Just One More, is how we all can make a difference in the world around us today. So thanks for the time. Thanks for sharing the information. I'm sorry that you and I haven't seen each other face to face in a while. But I think, uh, you know, in the short term, supplementing it with digital technology is a great way to stay connected. So um, stay safe, stay healthy. And I hope everything goes well, because I'm assuming you're going to be, uh, you know, having a new child anytime soon. Oh, that's that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I well, I don't have a timeline for that either, unfortunately. Come on, nothing. You don't, I know. You don't control that. I know. What's it's the ridiculous. research saying? I know. <laughs> yeah, well, tight lips. <laughs> and Philip, uh, Philip just gave us a thumbs up. So Philip, thanks for tuning in. Um, Sarah, take care of yourself, and you we'll too, look forward friends. to speaking soon. Take care. Bye. Ciao thanks for, for having me. Yeah, great to have you.